Chapter Twenty Two of Grace Harlowe's Junior Year at High School by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Christine Blashford. Chapter Twenty Two. As you like it. The big dressing rooms on each side of the stage at Assembly Hall were ablaze with light. There was a hum of girlish voices and gay laughter, and all the pleasant excitement attending an amateur production prevailed. The dressing had been going on for the last hour, and now a goodly company of courtiers and dames stood about waiting, while Miss Tebbs and Miss Kane rapidly made up their faces with rouge and powder, this being done to prevent them from looking too pale when in the white glare of the footlights. Miriam Nesbitt as the Duke looked particularly fine, and the girls gathered around her with many exclamations of admiration. Nora's roguish face looked out from her fool's cap in saucy fashion as she flitted about jingling her bells. Grace made a handsome Orlando, while Jessica looked an ideal shepherdess. "'Where's Anne?' said Grace, as Nora paused in front of her. "'I haven't seen her tonight. I suppose she's over in the other dressing-room. Miss Tebb said that some of the costumes were moved over there after we left last night. What time is it? I didn't wear my watch tonight because I didn't want to risk losing it.' "'It's almost half-past seven, said Jessica. I asked Miss Tebbs for the time just a few minutes ago.' "'Let's go and find Anne at once, then,' said Nora. "'It's getting late, and she surely is dressed by this time. "'Then we'll look through the hole in the curtain at the house. "'People are beginning to arrive.' "'Wait a minute,' said Jessica. "'There's Mabel. Doesn't she look great as Jack? "'Come here, dear,' called Jessica. "'Mabel Allison joined the three girls, "'who hurried across the stage to the other dressing-room "'in search of Anne Pearson. "'Why, I don't see her here,' cried Grace, "'making a quick survey of the room. "'She must be somewhere about, for—' "'There she goes now!' exclaimed Nora, who stood in the door, looking out on the stage. "'And she has her hat and coat on. How strange! I wonder if she knows how late it is.' Sure enough, Anne was hurrying toward the opposite dressing-room. The three girls made a rush for her. "'Why, Anne,' said Grace, "'what is the matter? We thought you had dressed over here and were looking for you.' "'Girls,' replied Anne, "'I've been on a wild goose chase. I can't stop to tell you about it now, but you shall hear as soon as I have a chance. Will you help me with my costume and make-up? I'm awfully late and haven't a minute to spare.' "'Why, of course we will,' said Grace. "'Give me your hat and coat, dear. "'Where did you put your costumes? "'It won't take you long to dress, "'for most of the girls are dressed and over on the other side, "'so you have the place to yourself.' "'Over in that corner,' replied Anne, "'taking off her collar and unfastening her white shirt-waist. "'Don't you remember? "'I labelled them and you laughed at me for doing so.' "'Of course we do,' said Nora, "'making a dive for the corner where Anne had piled her costumes the previous night. "'They're not here,' she announced after a brief but thorough search. "'Miss Tebbs must have had them moved to the other room. "'She opened it last night after we left.' "'Grace, you help Anne, and Jessica and Mabel and I will run across and look for them.' With these words, Nora was off, the other two girls at her heels. "'Tell me what kept you, Anne,' said Grace, as the latter began arranging her hair for the first act. "'Grace,' said Anne, rather tremulously, "'I won't wait until the others come back to tell you why I came so late. Just after I had finished my supper and was putting on my wraps, a boy came to the door with this note.' Anne went over to where her coat hung and took out an envelope. Drawing a note from it, she silently handed it to Grace, who read— "'My dear Anne, will you come up to my house before going to the hall? "'I wish to give you something to wear in the play. "'Yours affectionately, Rose R. Gray.' "'Why, how unlike Mrs. Gray to send for you at the eleventh hour,' said Grace, in a puzzled tone. "'No wonder you were late. What did she give you?' "'Nothing,' replied Anne. "'It was a trick. She never wrote the note, although the writing looks like hers, and so does the paper. "'She was very indignant over it, and sent me back in the carriage, telling the coachman to return for her, "'for, of course, she will be here to-night.' "'I would have arrived much later if I had been obliged to walk. "'I ran almost all the way up there. "'You know, Chapel Hill is quite a distance from my house.' "'I should say so,' replied Grace. "'Who could have been so mean? "'Anne, why, do you suppose—' "'Grace stopped suddenly and stared at Anne. "'Anne, do you think that Eleanor could have written it?' "'She said slowly, as though reluctant to give voice to her suspicion. 
"'I am afraid so,' replied Anne. "'She is the only one who could profit by my being late. "'Yet if she did write the note, "'she should have realised that going to Mrs. Gray's "'would scarcely keep me away long enough to miss my first entrance. "'You know I don't come on until the second scene.' "'There is something more behind this,' said Grace, "'and I'm going to find out, too.' "'She darted to the door and opened it upon Nora and Jessica, "'who were on the threshold. "'We can't find them,' they cried in alarm, "'but we told Miss Tebbs and she'll be here in a minute.' "'We didn't say a word to anyone else,' said Nora, "'because they must be somewhere about, "'and there is no use in stirring up a lot of unnecessary excitement.' "'Wise little Nora,' said Grace, patting her on the shoulder. "'Here comes Miss Tebbs now.' "'She stepped courteously aside to allow the teacher to enter the dressing-room, "'then following her, closed the door. "'What is this I hear about losing your costumes, Anne?' "'asked Miss Tebbs rather impatiently. "'I cautioned the girls last night about taking care of their things.' "'Anne flushed at the teacher's curt tones.' "'I put them all in that corner, plainly marked, before I left here last night,' she answered. "'When I came here tonight, they were gone.' "'That is strange,' said the elder woman. "'Have you made a thorough search for them in the other room?' "'We've gone over every inch of ground,' exclaimed Jessica, "'and we can't find a trace of them. "'We didn't ask any of the girls about them, "'because if we couldn't find them, we feel sure the others couldn't, "'so we just kept quiet.' "'I don't know what is to be done, I'm sure,' said Miss Tebbs in an anxious tone. "'It is eight o'clock now, and the curtain is supposed to run up at eight-fifteen. "'I can hold it until eight-thirty, but no longer. "'The house is already well filled. "'You might get through the first act in a borrowed gown, Anne, "'but what can you do in the second? "'You know how that costume had to be altered to fit you. "'If it can be found before the second act, all will be well. "'But suppose you go on in the first act, and it can't be found. "'What then? "'You will spoil the whole production by appearing in an incorrect or misfit costume.' "'besides bitterly disappointing the two girls "'who will have to give up their costumes to you. "'It is doubly provoking, "'because Mr. Southard is here tonight "'and is particularly anxious to see your work.' "'Miss Tebbs!' exclaimed Grace. "'Eleanor Savell has a complete Rosalind outfit. "'She had it made purposely. "'One of the girls told me so. "'You know she understudies Anne. "'Couldn't Anne use that?' "'Impossible, Grace,' said Miss Tebbs. "'Eleanor is taller than Anne. "'Anne's lack of height is her one drawback. "'If she had not shown such exceptional talent, "'Rosalind would have certainly fallen to Miss Savell or yourself. "'I am very sorry, but it looks as though Miss Savell will have to play Rosalind after all, "'and she must be notified at once.' "'The three chums turned to Anne, who was biting her lip and trying hard to keep back her tears. "'Nora and Jessica looked their silent sympathy, but Grace stood apparently wrapped in thought.' Miss Tebbs moved toward the door, but as she placed her hand on the knob, Grace sprang eagerly forward. "'Miss Tebbs,' she cried, "'don't ask Miss Savell. I believe I can find those costumes yet. Wait here, and in five minutes I'll tell you whether I have succeeded. Please don't ask me what I'm going to do. Just trust me and wait. You will let me try, won't you?' she pleaded. "'Certainly, my child,' said Miss Tebbs. "'But remember, time is precious. I'll give you five minutes, but if—' "'I'll be back in that time,' cried Grace, and was gone, leaving Miss Tebbs and the three chums mystified but faintly hopeful.' Across the stage she flew, and into the other dressing-room. The object of her search was not there. Out she rushed and collided with a girl who was about to enter. "'Pardon me,' said Grace, glancing up, then seized the girl by the arm. "'Eleanor Savell,' she exclaimed sternly, "'you know where Anne's costumes are. Don't attempt to deny it.' Eleanor looked contemptuously at Grace and tried to shake herself free, but Grace's grasp tightened. "'Answer me,' she said. "'Where are they?' "'Let me go,' said Eleanor angrily. "'You are hurting my arm. What do I care about Miss Pearson's costumes?' "'You will care,' replied Grace, "'for if you don't instantly tell me where they are, "'I shall call the whole cast and expose you.' "'If you do, you will merely make yourself ridiculous,' "'hissed Eleanor, her eyes blazing. "'What grounds have you for such an accusation?' "'I can't prove that you are responsible for their disappearance, "'but I do know that you shall not play Rosalind "'if the costumes are never found.' "'How can you prevent me?' asked Eleanor in insolent tones. "'You are not running this production.' "'I have no time to waste in arguing the matter,' returned Grace, with admirable self-control. "'What I want is the truth about the costumes, and you must answer me.' 
must repeated eleanor raising her eyebrows that is putting it rather strongly no one ever says must to me i say it to you now eleanor and i mean it said grace i am fully convinced that you have hidden anne's costumes and i am equally certain that you are going to produce them at once then you are labouring under a delusion replied eleanor with a disagreeable laugh and i should advise you to devote that tireless energy of yours to minding your own business this is my business replied grace evenly and if you wish to avoid any unpleasantness you will make it yours your threats do not alarm me sneered eleanor i am not easily frightened very well replied grace looking steadily at her enemy i see that i shall be obliged to call miss thompson back here and tell her who destroyed her essay knowing that do you suppose you can make her believe that you did not hide anne's costumes eleanor's insolent expression turned to one of fear no she gasped don't call miss thompson you know she hates me and will disgrace me in the eyes of the girls and you richly deserve it eleanor replied grace but if you produce anne's costumes at once i'll agree to say nothing hurry for every second is precious i can't get them wailed eleanor what shall i do where are they asked grace with compressed lips oh heartsease said eleanor and burst into tears oh what a mess groaned grace it will take an hour to go there and back oh i must act quickly let me think mrs gray's coachman would drive me out but those horses are so slow eleanor she exclaimed turning to the weeping girl is your runabout outside yes sobbed eleanor then that settles it cried grace i will go after the things tell me where to find them have you a latch-key i can't bother to ring after i get there i'll go and get my key said eleanor wiping her eyes they're in the wardrobe in my bedroom all right wait for me at the door and don't say a word here come some of the girls though the time had seemed hours to grace her interview with eleanor had lasted barely five minutes she hurried back to where miss tebbs and the three chums awaited her followed by the curious eyes of a number of the cast who wondered vaguely why grace harlow was rushing around at such a rate borrow a gown for anne miss tebbs for the first act she cried i'll have the missing costumes here in time for the second only i can't play orlando miriam will have to play it she's my understudy you know ethel dumont can play miriam's part they've rehearsed both parts and will be all right please don't refuse me miss tebbs but let me go it's for anne's sake nora please bring me my street clothes as she spoke grace began rapidly divesting herself of her costume very well grace have your own way replied the teacher reluctantly i'll go at once and get a gown for anne but don't dare to fail me thank you miss tebbs i'll not fail slipping into her long coat and seizing her fur hat grace made for the street stopping for an instant to take the key from eleanor who stood waiting at the door can you manage the machine faltered eleanor yes said grace curtly go in at once if you are seen the girls are apt to ask questions that you may find hard to answer truthfully thank goodness david and tom taught me something about automobiles last summer thought grace as she prepared to start or i should have been powerless to help anne to-night i am going to exceed the speed limit that's certain a moment later she was well into the street and on her way to heartsease it was a memorable ride to grace it seemed as though the runabout fairly flew over the ground i've only been ten minutes on the way she breathed as she neared her destination leaving the runabout outside the grounds she ran up the drive and inserting her key in the door opened it softly and entered the wide old-fashioned hall up the steps she hurried meeting no one for miss nevin was at assembly hall and the servants quarters were at the back of the house knowing the house as she did grace went straight to eleanor's room and to the wardrobe sure enough anne's missing costumes were lying in a neat heap on the floor assuring herself that everything was there grace piled them up in her arms and sped softly down the stairs opened the door and in a twinkling was down the drive and into the runabout she drove back even faster than she had come as she passed the city hall clock she drew a breath of relief it was ten minutes of nine the first act was hardly half over leaping from the machine with the lost costumes she ran triumphantly into the dressing-room here she is shrieked nora in delight i knew she'd make good 
"'Are they all there, Grace?' anxiously inquired Miss Tebbs. "'You dear, good child, where did you find them?' "'That is a mystery which even Sherlock Holmes can never solve,' replied Grace, laughing. "'Where's Anne?' "'She's on just now with Celia,' replied Miss Tebbs, "'and is playing up to her usual form, but she is very nervous and almost broke down after you left. "'She feels that you made too great a sacrifice for her in giving up your part.' "'Nonsense,' said Grace. "'Why should I have sacrificed the star to my own personal vanity? "'Miriam Nesbit can play Orlando as well as I, "'and makes a more striking appearance at that.' "'I don't agree with you, Grace, "'for you were an ideal Orlando,' replied Miss Tebbs. "'However, it's too late for regret, "'and the best I can do now is to make you assistant stage manager. "'Some of those girls need looking after. "'Miss Savell had a bad case of stage fright "'and almost had to be dragged on. "'She forgot her lines and had to be prompted.' She's all right now, but I am devoutly thankful she didn't play Rosalind, for she certainly would not have done justice to it. Grace smiled grimly as she listened to Miss Tebbs. She could not feel sorry at Eleanor's recent agitation. Now that the excitement was over, Grace felt her anger rising. Eleanor's thirst for glory and revenge had been the means of losing Grace the part that she had so eagerly looked forward to playing, not to mention the narrow escape Anne had run. Still, on the whole, Grace felt glad that so far no one knew the truth. "'I think I'll go into the wings. It's almost time for the curtain,' she said to Miss Tebbs, but before she could reach there the curtain had rung down and the audience were calling for Celia and Rosalind, who took the call hand in hand. Then Rosalind took two calls and bowed herself into the wings and straight into Grace's arms. "'Oh, Grace, how could you do it?' said Anne with a half-sob. "'You gave up your part for me. It's too much. I shan't—' "'You shall,' replied Grace, hugging her. "'Run along and put on male attire. I found your stuff, and some time I'll tell you where, but not now.' The play progressed with remarkable smoothness, and the various actors received unstinted applause from the audience, but from first to last Anne was the star. Her portrayal of Rosalind left little to be desired. Time after time Mr. Southard led the applause, and was ably seconded by Hippy, Reddy, David, and Tom, who fairly wriggled with enthusiasm. Next to Anne, Nora perhaps came second. Her delivery of Touchstone's lines was delightful, and she kept the audience in a gale of mirth whenever she appeared. It was over at last. The closing line of the epilogue had been spoken by Rosalind, and she had taken five curtain calls and retired with her arms full of flowers. The principal actors in the play had been well remembered by friends, and the dressing rooms looked like a florist's shop. "'I'm so sorry. I'd like to begin all over again,' said Nora, as she rubbed her face with cold cream to take off her makeup. "'There's an end to all things,' said Jessica practically, "'and really I'm glad to get back into everyday clothes.' "'Hurry up, Slowpokes,' said Grace Harlow, popping her head in the door. "'Tom Gray is here. He and David are waiting outside with their cars. "'We are all going up to Nesbitt's for a jollification given in honour of Rosalind, "'who is at present dressed in everyday clothes and shaking hands with the great Southard. "'He and Miss Tebbs are going too, and so is Miss Gray. "'Come in, Grace, and tell us where you found Anne's costumes,' said Nora, "'giving her cheeks a final rub. "'We're devoured with curiosity.' "'Thereby hangs a tale,' replied Grace. "'But I refuse to be interviewed tonight. "'I'll see you outside. "'If you're not there in three minutes, "'I'll put Hippie on your trail.' Closing the door, Grace walked slowly toward the entrance. The majority of the girls had gone. Anne still stood talking with Mr. Southard and Miss Tebbs. "'Grace, come here and speak to Mr. Southard,' called Miss Tebbs. "'Has Nora gone? "'Mr. Southard wishes to congratulate her and you too.' "'She'll be out in a couple of minutes,' said Grace, "'as she advanced to greet the great actor.' "'but I am not in line for congratulations, as I was not in the play. "'I am very sorry that you could not play Orlando tonight. "'I remember your work at the tryout,' said Mr. Southard, in his deep, musical voice. "'Miss Tebbs has told me of the sacrifice you made. "'You deserve double congratulations for the part you played behind the scenes.' "'It was nothing,' murmured Grace, her colour rising. "'If you are ready, suppose we go. "'Mrs. Gray wishes you and Mr. Southard to go in her carriage, Miss Tebbs. "'The rest of us will go in the two automobiles.' 
As they moved toward the door, Grace left them. Going back to the dressing room, she rapped sharply on the door. "'Last call! Look out for Hippy!' she cried, then hurried to catch up with the others. But before she reached them, she was confronted by Eleanor. "'I've been waiting to see you ever since the play was over,' said Eleanor sullenly. Grace looked at her in silence. "'Well,' she said coldly, "'what are you going to do about tonight and everything?' asked Eleanor. "'Are you going to tell Miss Thompson?' "'So far I have told nothing, Eleanor,' said Grace sternly. "'You deserve no clemency at my hands, however, "'for you have repeatedly accused myself and my friends of carrying tales, "'something we are above doing. "'You have refused our friendship "'and have been the means of estranging Miss Thompson and myself. "'When first you came to high school, "'I promised Mrs. Gray that I would help you to like high school life. "'For that reason I have overlooked lots of things. "'But tonight caps the climax, "'and I tell you frankly that I thoroughly despise your conduct.' and if ever again you do anything to injure myself or my friends, I shall not hesitate to bring you to book for it. Eleanor stood clenching her hands in impotent rage. Grace's plain speaking had roused a tempest in her. "'I hate you, Grace Harlowe, fifty times more than ever before,' she said, her voice shaking with anger. "'I intended to leave this miserable school at the end of the year, but now I shall stay and show you that you cannot trample upon me with impunity.' Without answering, Grace walked away, leaving Eleanor to stare moodily after her. End of chapter 22